You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast brought to you by ascully.com. And here are your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. There is an uprising taking place, Sid Talk. In what? In Pacific, this room? In the Pacific <laughs> Rim. Currently, are you talking fiction? Is this reality? Some news I haven't caught up on? What are you talking about? Just the the news that there's a Pacific Rim uprising about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so what um what's the before the show discussion? Before the what have you got show? to say for myself? Oh yeah, you just unboxed a bunch of stuff. Unboxed a bunch of stuff. Um, very pleased with my purchases. I got a light, a little LED light panel for taking pictures. Couple camera of, things are very. I didn't get a camera. No, camera gear. Camera stuff. I got a a gimbal, a little gimbal for my phone. See, it sounds fancy. That's not super fancy. I got it really cheap compared to the price it's supposed to be. Gimbal is cool. I like it. It is. We'll see how I can learn to use it and make a nice, smoother video for this. For anybody who doesn't know, I was asked to do the wedding photography for my best friend's daughter in September. Now it is June. So my time is running out, but I'm oh, learning really all the bits and pieces, and video is one of those, and I wanted it to look nice, and uh, so I got a little gimbal to make it smoother, and I got some other things. You know, I'm just patching together my photography education and skills. Correct. All right, so this is the weekend of Saturday, June the 16th. This is after the show number 535. We are a movie review podcast, and this is our 535th episode. Does that mean we've reviewed 535 movies, Sid Talk? Must be. Or does, did we sometimes review two at once? We might have mentioned more than one. Are you trying to make <laughs> it sound bigger than it is? I mean, I think 500 and some is a lot, anyway. We have reviewed at That's least 535 movies. And of all the hours we have used of our lives to watch those <laughs> movies and sit here and bullshit with each other... And then think to yourself, was there a better use of that time? No. <laughs> so, um, the movie we're looking at this week is Pacific Rim Uprising. It's a 2018 movie. Releases on Blu-ray and 4K on June the 19th, 2018. So, that's a couple of weeks still, right? I don't, mm. I, I don't actually know what date it is. Let me see. Please, no, it's just a few oh, days. Oh, it's just next week. Yeah. yeah. So, when you're listening to this, it'll almost be available. Or it will already be out and you'll already have a copy. It's rated PG-13. Our friends at Universal sent us over a copy for review. If you actually want to win a copy of Pacific Rim Uprising on Blu-ray, I have one to give away. Go to aschoolie.com, click on the word contest, and you can enter to win. It's a very simple question. So. Like, what is your name? No, there's an actual question. Oh, we wouldn't know the answer to what is your name, so we don't know. It can't be the question. That wouldn't be simple. So, um, Sid Talk. What do you think of Pacific Rim Uprising? What do I think of it? That's a different question than usual. Let me ask you something else. (laughs) What did you think of the original Pacific Rim? Are we not doing synopsises? Synopsises. Synopsis? Yeah, I actually forgot the synopsis. Sid Talk will let you do the synopsis. (laughs) I was was like, (laughs) that was a hopeful question. Synopsis. Big robots fight big things from another dimension. Humans get involved. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. What I think of the first one, I enjoyed it. What I think of this one, I enjoyed it a lot. No, so I didn't want the full review. <laughs> That's my full <laughs> review. 
All right, so the original came out of nowhere. What, what I um, was really impressed with that original movie is I, I knew nothing about it, and then I can never say his name. Say it for me. Who? Edges? Mr. Del Toro. Oh, Guillermo. 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 <laughs> what is wrong with British people and the double L? It's not that difficult. Like right. tortilla. Guillermo it's del Toro um, announced out of nowhere that he's doing a giant um, mech and kaiju movie similar to Godzilla from the past. So I was, well, that sounds interesting. And we watched it and I thought it was a really cool movie. It does have faults, but you don't see these kind of movies all the time. I mean, we've watched a lot of the old Godzilla movies and these are pretty much just modern updates of those, right? I mean, Godzilla's not in it, but it's sure. but it's robots fighting monsters in a city. It pretty much is a Godzilla movie. So I was excited when he announced that one, and I enjoyed it a lot, even though if you go back and listen to our review of the original, we had a problem with the humor in it. It was just a bit lame, yeah. pretty lame. So moving on to Pacific Rim Uprising 2, Pacific Rim Uprising, which is Pacific Rim 2, it's 10 years later. Conveniently, some of the characters from the first one have uh, exited this franchise, I guess, right? One of the big ones. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, uh, one, one, we won't, well, we got to spoil things because there's no other yeah, way around it, but. There'll be some spoilers here. So, um, as much as you can spoil a um, monsters fighting yeah. in a city movie. But anyway, our hero here, Jake, is the son of Idris Elba's character in the first one who does, is not in this franchise anymore. So we explain him away quickly, and now we have our new hero. Very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> we find that happens in... It does happen in movies, doesn't it? That crappy Independence Day that we watched, they explained away a bunch of the cast oh, yeah. at the beginning. Uh, just because they weren't in it. Like, they're like, oh yeah, those people are dead. Here's their, here's their tombstones. Have a look for a second. Okay, let's move on. So, and I always find that a bit weird because... You're kind of attached to previous characters. So when you just kill them off off screen, it just feels weird. But anyway, here um, we got our hero, Jake. So what's happened, Sid Talk, in 10 years? And what, I, well, basically... Can we the, just tell you the whole movie? In the first movie, um, Kaiju, which are like monsters... Godzilla. ...from another dimension... Godzilla. ...rose up from under the sea... And humans had to fight them using big robots. We, we've made big robots to, that are their size so we can deal with them. Cut to ten years later, what That was happened? a war. They considered that a war. A war, yes. And in the end, they closed the fissures in the bottom of the ocean along the Pacific Rim. Thus the name of the movie. And therefore, they were convinced, incorrectly, that the kaiju were not coming back. And that the precursors were these alien creatures from another dimension who were in charge and wanting to terraform the earth for their own use which is not a new story let's not be <laughs> too intellectual about it uh, that's uh, pretty common we just because, watched um, uh, supergirl last night and it had that storyline yep, that storyline also yeah. so did um war of the worlds so you know? did um uh, batman versus superman yeah lots of lots of star war star trek themes are about terraforming planets and terraforming to like and that's what we would do let's say we found a planet that seemed pretty close to Earth, we'd do the same thing. We'd try and make it so it fits <laughs> exactly. us. We would inject our little oxygen and our the balance of things we need. So every enemy 
who wants to do that, we get all pissed off, rightfully so. But that's what these people, people, people want to do, whatever they are. And um, now... Ten years. It's gone. been ten years, and there's sort of the rebuilding on Earth, and people are... I mean, it was a very brief reminder, and that some cities are still in disarray, and that there's some lawlessness around the cities that were destroyed, and thus we have our hero and our heroine who are products of that. One, the guy is a thief who sells parts of these robots to scavengers for big bucks, so he's a criminal. But he also was a ranger, so we find that out later. And then the girl is just, we don't, like, her family's killed in, in the big rate in, in the early years of the war. And she's just scavenged around the city her whole life. And so she's, he called her a junk baby. So that's where we start. Hey, that's similar to what Ray was doing in The Last Jedi. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's the same. Yeah. <laughs> and so what we all know is that it wouldn't be a movie. It wouldn't exist if the kaiju weren't going to return. Otherwise, what else would the problem be, right? Right. So then we have to reintroduce a, a way for them to have to be coming back and big bad guys and lots of high-tech stuff. I just really enjoy it. I mean, I have a good time with it. It looks fantastic. I don't. It's one of those movies that I understand the story is not going to bowl me over, so I don't get too wrapped up in that. I don't find flaws in the dialogue or anything, because I'm in it for the superficial, here's a robot fighting with a big creature in the middle of the day, destroying huge buildings, convincingly huge buildings. I'm in. Like, I'm in. It's convincing. I'm happy with it. We don't see a lot of ragdolling. We don't see a lot of humans getting involved with the battle. So everything can trick my brain just It's exactly fine. like I, I say to you, people really hate those Transformers movies and I get a pleasure out of them. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not, I don't say, oh, those Transformer movies are stupid. Therefore, yeah, I don't the, like... Yeah, there is part of it that's stupid. Yeah, the and dialogue yes. and stuff, sure. And this movie uses this, the Transformers template. It's got kind of a dumb story. The people say some dumb things. Correct. But when it comes down to the robots fighting, it is what exactly what I want. I want to see the whole of Tokyo getting smashed up. I want to see giant robots punching big monsters, and that's what I've come to this movie for. In fact, the human drama is secondary. <laughs> yeah, and the problem, the only issue I have is with these movies that try to be rise above the gore, like they want to be PG-13, I'm assuming? Yes. Okay, so a movie more like, um, what was it called, Skyline? Yes, okay. Skyline, yeah. That was more gritty and scary, and I, I don't remember any gore, but it was very clear that... It did have some gore, actually. People one. were getting destroyed, like, on a, like that was part of the feeling of the threat. This movie and the other one, they tried to sort of mask that. When obviously if gigantic monsters are clamoring through a humongous city, like Tokyo, Japan... Thousands of people are dying every time that tail swipes through a building in the middle of a busy day. But ultimately, we brush it all under the rug and we say, oh, everyone got to safety in the underground bunkers. But we've seen all the people screaming in the street <laughs> and getting stepped on. But we will pretend that's not happening. That's my only complaint is that if you're going to give me big, giant monsters, then have it be the high stake for me isn't the planet getting terraformed, but that all the individual people running and screaming and it's a blood fest but you see no blood hardly in this movie you don't really see any um it's yeah they actually like you just say they make it 
very, very clear with dialogue. Hey, the people are not here now, so you're very fine little to do dialogue. what you want. Yeah, now <laughs> we can destroy the city and you don't have to sit there worrying about all the thousands of people dying. But I looked at you and said, hold on, a second ago, there was people actually running in the Correct. streets? How are they all safe all of a sudden? Like- those, oh, they forgot. No, no, those people died, but uh, everybody else is good. Yeah, but yeah, it, it is a clean kind of movie like that the kids can see and not get kind of disturbed by it's not that kind of movie i feel like the first one might have been a little bit more dark because del toro was involved like because he's pretty dark yeah i feel like that one well in in another thing i said i liked about this sequel is that original movie is very dark and i don't mean very dark as in tone i mean it's a dark movie it's in the middle of the sea a lot of the time it's nighttime when they do attack in the city, it's pitch black and like the, all the lights go out and you can just see the monsters. It's kind of had that Godzilla syndrome, that remake of Godzilla that we watched where it was like, well, you can barely see Godzilla because the lights are all off. Yeah. This movie takes it to the other extreme. It's middle of the day. It's Tokyo. There's nothing you can't see. They're not obscuring anything. So those special effects have to be really good, spot on. And I think they were. I think it was completely like when I watch Transformers and I always think, I actually believe those robots are running around there. <laughs> yeah. I believe it even more so in this. Like those things are giant. They really get the scale of the thing. Transformers are just tiny little toys compared to these things. These, what are these called? Jaegers. Yeah. The Jaegers are how, well, they're bigger than skyscrapers, right? The, the city looks small when they're Not stood quite. Up. No, they're not taller than skyscrapers. Some skyscrapers, like yeah. maybe not the tallest one in the city. But when they're stood up, they are giant. Like at the beginning, when you see little Junker, who's a small... Oh, yeah. I said Bumblebee equivalent in this movie. When you see him, he's kind of small. And then the big um, police robot comes. You realize, holy shit, these robots are like the biggest thing. You know, they're huge. So I don't think I've seen robots this big in anything. Can you think of another movie where you see giant robots like this? I mean, Transformers. Transformers has, is it, it has really? some big robots, but not like this. No, I mean, but you're still looking at big giant robots in the scale against humans and cars and things that yeah. convinces me that they're giant. But yeah, that's why I like the giganticness of it. And what do you think of the actual kaiju in this one? Which, well, there were four essentially. Yeah, three, and then yeah. Spoiler alert. These little creepy monsters come around well, that are... Bi- you, could, you could also say five, because there's those drone ones, too. Oh, true. Those were yeah. cool. Yeah. Those were cool. See, what's happened is, we're just going to spoil the whole thing here for you. So go watch it, and then come back and listen if you care. But should we not tell the one big thing? Yeah, leave that part out. Okay. Well, somebody has figured out a way to use the kaiju blood as power and as part of this, a new plan to to build like a a Jaeger um, army. And that then goes very wrong. And the army starts to turn into kaiju, but they're like a robot kaiju. So those are pretty cool. Yeah, Jaeger slash kaiju. Correct, correct. Robot kaiju, I like to call them. So yeah, I, I actually thought when those were introduced, that was actually the anta- the pro antagonist of this movie. I thought, oh, it's going to be this big army of these. Yeah, that's that was the trick. But they're knocked on the head fairly quickly. So there is a there's a fight in in Tokyo that is it comprises like the last third of the film. It's actually quite long. 
And I thought, well, this can't go on for long because how expensive must this be CGI budget? Yeah. But it actually does fill the whole of the third of the movie. Um, and then they fight in actual kaiju. More impressive than the ones in the first movie. And those were pretty impressive. But um, again, in the style of Transformers, there are kaiju here that can team up and become a big kaiju, right? Transformers also Correct. does that. There's Megatron, who, you know, three different Transformers turn into one. There's a lot borrowed here. <laughs> Definitely a lot borrowed. But um, the, I think it's worth the admission to see this big fight in Tokyo, because it is really fun. But don't think too hard, because some of the dialogue is very dumb. Yeah. It's got... If you if you had to like say what this movie is, you know, if you don't like Michael Bay's format, this kind of borrows his format. It's the same like two-dimensional characters that there you've got your humans who you have to root for. I don't feel I rooted See, that's the thing in Michael Bay Transformer movies. I do care about the humans a bit. Like I care about Shia LaBeouf or Marky Mark. But in this, I'm not 100% on board with these humans. They could die and I wouldn't really care, right? Uh, no, I disagree. I was with them. Would I didn't want, want bad things to happen to them. No, I, I was on board. I, I felt I fall for the dumb stuff when I'm okay with one other big part of a movie. So the biggest part of this movie was I was going to get to see big robots fighting big monsters. Yeah, you don't get short change there. Right. And my only the only hesitation is, is it going to look good? Is it going to look crappy? Is it going to be too dark? Is it going to look fuzzy? Is it going to look blurry? No, it looked amazing. So all the little human stuff, I cared about each one because I was told to care about them through the process (laughs) of meeting them and assembling the team and finding out their little personality quirks. Um, So I was on board. I I wasn't, I wasn't bothered too bad by them. But I, 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 I didn't want them all to die. No, if that's what you're asking. I just went and had a look at reviews of this movie. People hate this movie for the same reason they hate Transformers. In fact, every single reason was, I hate Transformers and this is just trying to be Transformers. Now, I, I have, I'm partial to Transformers, <laughs> so... Yeah, but you kind of also, huh? full disclosure, you also love Armageddon, so I don't, people could question your taste in movies I if they love, want. <laughs> I do love some... I, I can say I love a dumb movie, and then I also love an intellectual movie, so I, I'm kind of a different... Um, You're well-balanced. Yeah. You know, but then again, I can call a shitty movie a shitty movie that I don't enjoy. Name one this year that we've hated... A crappy one that was crappy? Yeah, we really, really ragged on a movie recently. There's been a few. Yeah. What was it? I can't remember. I was asking you. <laughs> you I've, keep talking, I'll find I've it. I've got your disease where you forget what movie you watched last week. <laughs> <laughs> Occasionally. We I watched something pretty bad Oh, recently. Geostorm. It was Geostorm. Yeah. yeah. Which was another, this kind of movie, but it was just so low quality, it's not even worth thinking about. Actually, what was really funny is after we'd reviewed Geostorm, um, the cinema sins who do the, you know, how, what is it called? The cinema sins. It's called cinema sins. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they did Geostorm, and it was like a seven. Watch everything. Was wrong his head with exploding because he couldn't even do it? <laughs> right. It was everything wrong with Geostorm in seventeen minutes, and it was the, a whole seventeen. Like explaining the plot and what. Wow. And I agreed with almost everything he said. I was like, oh wow, yeah, that, that is what is wrong with that movie. Funny enough, for some reason. Oh, I know why. 
Uh, I was looking back at my spreadsheet. Yes, I have a spreadsheet of the mo- of the reviews that we do and all the stuff we put in, the name of the movie, the score I give it, what my recommendations were, what we had for dinner, etc. And for The Mountain Between Us, because it was Edris Elba. Yes, it was. Idris Elba. Sorry, Idris, if I said your name wrong. My recommendation for that was Pacific Rim. Because of Idris Elba, yes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Because I don't remember Kate Winslet in Pacific Rim. Unless she was under the water. We've had a good year so far. You know what I mean? With movies. Lots of variety. Lots of good ones. Good movies so far. If you want to go back over the last however many it's been. We've seen good and we've seen bad. Well, there's been 24 so far this year and pretty much high ratio of good to bad. Got Lady Bird and Phantom Thread in there, Star Wars Last Jedi, Justice League, fair. Itania, Thor Ragnarok, there, there, Florida Project, Darkest Hour, Wonder, Blade Runner 2049. There's a lot of good ones. Yeah, Mountain Between Us was good as well. It was good. I liked it. Mother, with an exclamation point. Yep, good. Phantom Thread is um, up there still in my top. And then Geostorm. Geostorm is stuck between Ladybird and Hostiles. And Strangers. <laughs> and Hostiles were really Strangers good, Strangers Pray too. at Night would probably be around there, too. What was it? Strangers Pray at Night. We only watched it a week ago. Or two I don't have ago. that in here. We just watched that for fun, though. No, oh, you're talking about Strangers too? Yeah, I have that. <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> Strangers Pray at Night is its name. <laughs> it isn't. It isn't. Two. All right, I'll change my spreadsheet if you must insist. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hear me typing. It's been changed, updated, corrected. We're good. Because I'm sure the people who made that movie didn't want to have <laughs> the word two in there for some reason. Too bad. You know why? Because I think people who haven't watched the original go, oh, I can't watch that because I didn't see it. Uh, The people who make art don't get to determine how I digest their art. (laughs) So screw that. I feel like that's a marketing thing, though. They go, "Um, do you remember that film from 10 years ago, Strangers? Yeah, well, did many people see that? If we call this one Strangers 2, people will be like, what's that first one? Well, they call it Strangers Pray at Night. Yeah, that's what I mean. It feels standalone, doesn't it? Oh, I'm not buying it. All right, so Pacific Rim, back onto Pacific Rim Uprising. We're going with the cast here. John Boyega plays Jake Pentecost. John Boyega, you will know him as Finn from Star Wars. How do you feel as him as a leading man? Because that's what he is. I like him. However, (laughs) as I mentioned before the show, before the after the show discussion, at one point he had basically no British accent, and then all of a sudden he had his normal, because he's British, a uh, kind of normal British accent, and then it would go away, and then it would come back. That irritates me. But he, I like. Him, At least like. in Star Wars, he doesn't attempt an American accent. He just stays the same. But it's not fully British, right? No, in it's Star Wars. British in Star Wars. Is it? Yeah. It's just, he's just a London boy, so it's just London, like generic London. I thought he was kind of trying to, you know, tap it down. But in this one, there was a distinct, like in the beginning, I'm like, I know that voice, because it was a voiceover. Yeah. And then they show him, and I'm like... I think I know who that is, but that sounds really weird. You know what I thought when when the voiceover came on? Oh, they've got Idris Elba doing the voice here. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. But no. So, yeah, I enjoy him. I don't know. I really love him in Star Wars. I think he fits that part. I don't think he fit this part 100%. There's something about it. Like, at the beginning, they were trying to make him as, like, this... Kind of criminal Han smooth guy, smooth, yeah. Uh, well, I said he's Han the Han Solo. Solo, yeah. And then that all went out the window at some point, and he wasn't that anymore. 
So I was like, oh. Well, we had to get him back to his roots. Yeah. Which was being like a ranger. But and he being changed able, pretty quick. Surprisingly, he's able to pilot a thingy. Jaeger. Jaeger. Um, so uh, Scott Eastwood plays Nate Lambert. What do you think of it's Scott? fine. I mean, they give him a lot of crappy... It is crappy dialogue for him because it's just this constant, in the beginning, push to be like the dickhead who is mad at Boyega because Boyega abandoned the ship a long time ago to go be a criminal. And there's this like, eh, 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 eh. That was a bit annoying. The usual, yeah. But then it sort of lightened up. And I would like to see him in just a straight up, just him, you know. What we've seen him in is Fast and the Furious. Yeah. And this... Yeah, so I want to see him in something that I feel like he's got it. I just want to see him do something without all the attitude. Just, like, really get into a person, like a character that's, I don't know. And holy crap, does he look like his father. <laughs> and people are like, who's his father? Mr. Clint Eastwood is yeah. his father. If you look at, like, Clint Eastwood in movies of the 70s and look at Scott, holy shit, does he look like him? Um, but I would just encourage you to separate that because he's not him. No, he's not him. But he's uh, it's because it's the same story as the movie. Because Boyega, his father was the guy who saved everybody, and so the expectations are that he's going to be like his father. And he says it like three times: "I am not my father." Yeah, he does say that. It's our interesting little tidbit. But he does not say. Make, go on, sir. Make my day. That thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> I hope not. No. That's so um. Kaylee Spaney plays Amara Namani. And I kept saying to you, and I don't know who this girl is, never seen her before, but I kept saying to you, I think this is a child actor. I think this is an adult. Well, they never said how child. old she is. Yeah, but she seemed, they made her seem young in the movie. But think about it. In the movie, in her flashback, she's about nine or ten years old. And right. now we're ten years later, so you would have to assume she's about 18. But... They she, make play it down so that she looks a bit younger. younger. Yeah, she's a twenty-year-old in real life, a pop pop musician. Um, I'm not going to say star because I've not heard of her. So, um, what do you think of her? She was good. I mean, she was encouraged to have that sort of like kid grown up amongst the rubble attitude, which we've all seen, we've all experienced. But I think she held her own against you know some people who everybody else knows. It's a big story. It's a lot of special effects around you, and I think she. Plowed right through it really well. Got uh, Charlie Charlie Day as Dr. Newton Giza. Again. Annoying. Charlie Day was the most annoying thing of the first movie. <laughs> he kind of almost turned me off it until the robots started fighting each other again. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and in this movie, um, I don't think he was as irritating. Hmm. But, but let me just preface that by him and the other guy from Torchwood... I don't know his name, and I didn't write him down. But you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, when them two appear in this movie, and the dialogue is really dumb all of a sudden, like worse than it had been, I was like, oh my god, they're going to ruin it now, right? But it wasn't that bad. They didn't dwell on them a lot, you know? Yeah. But the, but the guy from Torchwood with the walking stick and, and this really overboard attitude, it's weird, like... It is. It's just It's too like much. a cartoon character. Yeah. They're both like cartoon characters. But there again, Charlie Day was nowhere near as annoying, and I actually liked what they did with him. It made sense for his character. Do you get what I'm saying? I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. 
Well, you've already spoiled it, but yeah. No, I didn't spoil it. I, you did spoil it. By just well, saying that, that's enough. Not really. Yeah, it is actually. There People is are intelligent. There's a lot that goes on in this movie. Yeah. But um, he's, he's nowhere near as annoying. In the first one, it is bad. Yeah, and the fact that he's supposed to be this like genius scientist dude in the first one, and you're just like, this guy's an idiot. Like, what is this? (laughs) He's not eccentric. He's just annoying. (laughs) So yeah, there's that guy. It's probably those two are probably the worst part of this movie. They need to eject them too (laughs) for the next one. And Tian Jing, I put as Luen Xiao. She's the lady who I believe was in Westworld the other day. Yes, she was. Yeah. Uh, she's a very famous um, Japanese actress. I really like her. And she's excellent in this too. I don't want to ruin anything. I like her. Yeah. Directed by Stephen S. DeKnight. Stephen S. DeKnight actually uh, directed um, Netflix Daredevil. He did a, quite a few of the episodes of that. And he also did um, Smallville which is the Superman um, story on, what was that, on the CW, probably, back in the day. Um, so you can see where he comes from. He's a superhero guy. But I think he did a good job here. Yeah. Even though this movie is, I would say, 80% special effects. Uh, I say 95. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah, it's green screen. Green screen with not a ton of actors, really. I mean, but, you know... It, I think he did a good job directing this. I think the action scenes are really well choreographed. They're not confusing. It's not like, what's I don't know what's what. I don't know what's hitting what. It looks clear. Yeah. You know, some of these things can get confusing, like when Transformers are fighting sometimes. But I think this looked really good. It was clear. It was, um, I, mean, I know he's not responsible for the special effects, but he did storyboard it all out originally. So, uh, yeah, I think it was a pretty good job. Extras on this Blu-ray, there are a bunch. There, um, there's deleted scenes with commentary by this director. There's, and there's a bunch of featurettes. And the featurettes just cover, like these normally do on these Blu-rays, it covers each thing. Casting, um, special effects, what the story is, um, these new, the characters. Um, what did you think of the extras? It's fine. I mean, they're pretty standard. Yeah, and you know, and I'll be honest, this kind of movie doesn't. I don't feel a requirement. Yeah, I don't feel the need for any bat unless, you know, Del Toro wants to talk about the origin of the whole story and how he came up with it. But you can probably find that somewhere. And so, yeah, yeah. Del Toro was um, like executive producer on this movie, did not direct it, but yeah, he's still in charge of this franchise because it's his, you know, the thing he made up. So, um, thank you. To Universal, and if you want to win a copy of Pacific Rim Uprising, go to aschoolie.com, click on the word contest. Next week's, uh, do we recommend this? We didn't say. I recommend it because it's fun. Get them both, watch them, have a good time. If you need something intellectual, follow it up with a bit of something, you know, more heady. And if you didn't see the original, it's a perfect time to watch them both. Definitely. So next week's Blu-ray review is Tomb Raider. We're going to be watching the next to- the new Tomb Raider. So I'm being a video game fan, Tomb Raider is exciting to me. <laughs> um, so movie recommendations. I am going um, with a movie that we watched just last year, a monster movie called Kong Skull Island, which I really, really enjoyed. I thought it was a really awesome giant Kong movie, the biggest Kong I've ever seen, and it was fun. 
And another one, this movie reminded me a lot of the movie Starship Troopers with the camaraderie between the different pilots and, you know, when they're hanging around in the base, I kept thinking of Starship Troopers. So I will recommend that because that is an awesome movie. Yeah. And Starship Troopers is, again, a more modern movie based on old monster movies. It just so happens it's not um, Godzilla and stuff. It's like giant bugs that come and attack us. So, yeah, Kong Skull Island and Starship Troopers. And mine are Pacific Rim, because I'm getting lazy, and Battleship, because I actually kind of liked Battleship. You did like it's Battleship. Dumb. Rihanna it's dumb. Rihanna was in Battleship. But I, I, didn't, I didn't hate it. I mean, I not just didn't hate it. I enjoyed it, if I think back on it. Yeah, some of that dumbness, but, you know. Directed by Peter Berg. It was just a big popcorn Correct. summer movie. Yeah. Correct. All right. So um, that's our recommendations. Uh, it was E3 this week. So I'm going to mention some E3 I'm take things. take a nap now if anybody minds. No, you're, you're going to you're going to input because you did watch the some Sony of press it. conference. Some of it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, I'm going to start. It was E3 this week, the Electronic Entertainment Expo. It's the week where all the video game companies announce new video games for the rest of this year and next year and the year after. Mostly next year and the year after, to be honest. But first, EA were up with their press conference and they showed pretty much what I expected. They showed a new Battlefield, Battlefield 5. I've never been a great um, Battlefield fan, but I understand... I was always a Call of Duty fan, and Battlefield's like the rival to Call of Duty. But there's a new Battlefield game coming out regardless. EA are also announcing this new service called EA Access Premier. And if you pay them $99 a year, you can play all of their games. Um, It's a new thing. It's on the PC only at the moment. But you pay them $99, you open the Origin client, and every single game that EA make is all there for you to play. Now, you don't own them. You're just basically, it's like a rental service. You're paying, what, $12? No, $8 a month to have access to the entire catalog. Now, I don't like that idea, but then again, this you can also subscribe monthly for $9.99 a month. And this subscription actually includes all brand new games. So if a brand new EA game comes out, like The Sims 5 sits up tomorrow... Hey. I'm not saying it is, but let's say it does. Oh, you just got my hopes up. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is on this service immediately. So the brand new games are on this service. You don't have to wait. They're immediately on the service. In fact, you can play them three weeks earlier than anybody else. So if you're like a Battlefield fan and you get this subscription, you can play it three weeks before other people and you get to play it as much as you want so long as you're subscribed. I actually like the idea of that because if you buy like maybe two um, EA games a year, that costs you $120. For the $99 a year, you get to play all of EA games plus the new ones. You sound like a salesman. Yeah, well, I'm not a salesman, and I'm, I'm, all, I'm usually against this subscription thing. But to me, if I was thinking of buying an EA game or two, I might think of this first. It seems like a, a kind of a good idea, but the, the slippery slope of what it could be is... Yep. 
all of the subscription services. So to play games, then you need to be paying Microsoft ten dollars a month, EA ten dollars, just like we're getting with our TV and movies. Sony, yeah, I think that's what they want, right? They want a constant. It'll stream. collapse eventually because one or the others will go. Well, this isn't working. Why don't we combine with them? And then yeah. Netflix, and they all do some to become a bundle, and then the bigger bundle, and then all of a sudden you're just paying to access all of them anyway. But that'll happen in about twenty years. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about it like this origin. Premiere, what they're talking about. It sounds awesome. But you know what sounds more awesome to me? Steam Premiere. Imagine being able to play everything on Steam for $10 a month. Steam has, like, so many games. It's ridiculous. EA, they have a limited number of games because they're just EA. Steam has everything. So come on, Steam. Make that happen. Um, Next, they cut to a guy in the crowd. He's the developer of a new Star Wars game. And they said, yeah, there's a new Star Wars game coming out. 2019 we're calling it Jedi Fallen Order it's a single player game it's a it takes place between episode 3 and episode 4 and you are a Jedi being hunted and I thought yes that sounds awesome let's see the trailer and they said no we've not nothing we've got nothing to say and we've got nothing to show we just want to say that that's happening in 2019 so Star Wars fans there is a new game coming then they announced a game called Unravel 2. If you've ever played the game Unravel on EA, it's a you play a ball of yarn called <laughs> Yarny, and uh, it's, you can actually play it now, they un, uh, Unravel. And um, it's like a puzzle game involving yarn, and it's kind of cool and really charming to look at. Almost looks like Little Big Planet if you've ever seen that game. Well, they announced Unravel 2, which is co-op. There's two balls of yarn, and you both play. And you solve the puzzles together. And then at the end, of after showing you the trailer, they said, yeah, this is available now. And it came out that minute. So you can actually play that one now. And then they showed another game called Sea of Solitude, which looks like it's kind of... It's an indie game. EA are getting behind these indie games. And this one's like uh, you're on the sea, you're in a little boat. It's kind of an interesting art style. I couldn't really tell what it was exactly. But the art style looked cool. And then finally, the EA showed Anthem, which is their big, 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 coming out in February next year, shooter. They're trying to... It's Bioware, who made Mass Effect, but it's kind of a Destiny-style game, online, you know, doing quests with your friends. You're in big battle suits, kind of like this movie we just reviewed. And uh, it's coming out in February. Bioware makes some very, very good games, so I've got high hopes for that. That's called Anthem. Then Microsoft uh, did their press conference. They led with Halo Infinite. They showed a trailer. It looked like Halo. Um, They said it's going to be an open-world Halo. They didn't announce a date, and they showed a trailer, which didn't really give anything away. Then they showed Fallout 76, which is um, Bethesda's new game from the creators of Skyrim and the other Fallout games. This one's caused a bit of controversy over the last few days because Fallout's primarily a single-player game and this one is clearly an online multiplayer game and all the people who are fans of it are like, we don't want an online multiplayer game, we just want to play single-player Fallout. So they've been giving the developers crap. I say, if you don't want it, don't buy it. Buy the next one they make. That's going to apply. Everyone can apply to a lot of things. Yeah. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Yeah, if you, you don't, don't want to listen to it, don't listen to that music. If you don't want to play that game, don't play and, that game. It's very simple. Be, yeah, don't be in the opinion of, uh, oh, they're betraying us. Uh, we're the fans. No, they're trying something different. 
They're not going out of the way to be true. Yeah. You know, don't take it personally. They just want to make something different, and that's what they make it. The next game that was announced, which I'm really excited about, is called Captain Spirit. And what that is, is um, there's a game called Life is Strange, and uh, also a prequel to Life is Strange called Before the Storm. Both cool games. I've played them both. Well, this Life is Strange 2 is going to be coming next year. Um, they've made a bridge between Life is Strange 1 and Life is Strange 2, and it's called Captain Spirit, and it introduces you to some of the characters from Life is Strange 2. And the best part about it is it, it comes out in two weeks, the 26th, and it's free for everybody. Um, it's a three-hour game, like the others were their episodes. They're similar to Telltale games, but um, I couldn't believe they'd given it away for free. That's crazy. So Captain Spirit is out on the 26th, Steam, PS4, and Xbox, and it's free. I love free. Then they announced Metro Exodus, which is a first-person shooter set in Russia. It's the next in the Metro series, and um, it looks extremely um, violent and some crazy mutated monsters. It's like after um, Chernobyl. It's like an alternate world where mutated monsters and people happen after Chernobyl, and then you're in this horrible world that's very difficult to survive in. Right. Uh, and then uh, my favorite game of MS's, uh, Microsoft's presser, was Forza Horizon 4. Now, I love racing games, and Forza's one of my favorites, alongside Gran Turismo. But Forza Horizon 4, they've been talking about it for months, but they, they kept this a complete secret. So it's an open-world racing game, comes out every year. The last one was set in Australia, comes out every two years. This one... Is set in the UK. Now, the rumours were it was going to be this Japanese. It was going to be in Japan. But when they showed it was in the UK, and what they've added to it, which is really cool, is seasons. And the seasons change every week. So it's an online game. So one week it's winter, and then it changes season the next week. So it all looks completely different, because the game's going to look different from winter to fall. Um, That comes out in October. And that's... uh, that's my favorite game of the whole Microsoft conference. Then they showed you Just Cause 4, which is another Just Cause game. Looks very similar to Just Cause 3, in my opinion, but I did like that game. Then they showed Gears of War 5. That is not coming at any time soon, even though they showed a bit of gameplay in a trailer. I think it's fall next year. People love Gears of War, so that's cool. They showed Dying Light 2 which is a zombie game, a parkour zombie game, which looks interesting. The original was the same kind of thing, but this one, the graphics are real stepped up. And finally, they showed Kingdom Hearts 3, <laughs> which is a big deal for Microsoft because Kingdom Hearts is primarily a Sony thing, and it has always been only on the PlayStation, but now it's actually on, on the Xbox as well. Kingdom Hearts 3 looks really cool. It, it showed you Pirates of the Caribbean is in it, and Frozen is in it. And what else did you see? Anything else? Oh, loads. All kinds of stuff. All kinds of Disney no stuff. No Star Wars. No Star Wars, but fair. I have a big feeling that Star Wars is in that game. And no Marvel. No, I think I feel like they'll slowly, un, you know, up to the release date, show you different things. But, uh, yeah, I hope Star Wars and Marvel are in there. Because you know what? In Kingdom Hearts 2, they had a Tron world, which was my ultimate thing. I was yeah. Like, Whoa. So you never know. Uh, then Sony came up, and Sid Talk actually watched Sony's conference. I did. You watched Sony's conference last year, too. They actually put on a good conference, but 
the beginning of Sony's conference, what happened? Mm, they did a thing where they showed you, um, they put everybody in a tent, and then they showed a clip from The Last of Us 2, or whatever it's going to be called. And then what you noticed is that in the game, it's a big, it's one of those revival tents. It's like a religious thing, primarily Southern, I believe, Southern America, where they build a big tent and they go and have like a religious revival, which is like, you know, yelling and screaming and healing and stuff in the aisles and you're outside in a tent. And that was the idea of this. And you're in the exact same kind of setting, which for the people in the tent, maybe that was interesting. That was really kind of a non-starter. And then they had to move everybody from the tent to somewhere else. <laughs> so we had this really awkward, long, like over half an hour of these dudes just sitting at a table talking. And that's like, I'm thinking, I said, this is what you've been watching all day, is literally all these other websites sitting at their desks talking about shit. This, it didn't work for me. It didn't, but then the, once, once they did move everybody, the conference got really good, I thought. You know? Yeah, yeah. Apart from the man with the flute that kind of went on a little bit too long. Yeah. It sounded cool, but yeah, yeah. it did went along. So they were just the- trying something different, which I admire. I don't like all the same, same, same. And yeah. you only know if it's going to work if you try it. So. Yeah, I don't think they'll try it again because I think it kind of backfired slightly. I think you can adjust it, though. You don't have to go from this to just your standard again. You can mix it up a bit. You know, the standard press conference that we've seen from Sony, like many years, we've seen them year after year on the big, massive stage with the huge screens. Uh, this one must have been way cheaper, <laughs> I was thinking, because that big place that they normally do it in, the Hollywood Theatre or whatever it is, that must cost them a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so what did Sony show? Yes, it, like Sid Talk said, they showed Last of Us Part 2. How good did that look? Last of Us Part 2. Awesome. I mean, you're a fan of Last of Us. Yep. I'm a fan of Last of Us. That just looked next level to me. I you mean, know? I'm not like you. I'm not like, oh my God, every time something cool happens, I have to react. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah, but that I'm was more cool. like, you know what? Games are going to get better. It's really not a mystery. Some games still look shitty. And I'm saying shitty as compared to, and bring me back to days when you're watching and the eyes are weird and the body movements are weird. But as the game player, you might be so into it that you're not focused on that. It's all kind of mixed together. As an observer, I can point out to my my brain goes, yeah, that's too janky. So whatever. But they're going to get better. It's not like revolutionary that all of a sudden a game looks nice. Like, it just isn't. So I'm excited for the story. And yeah. to experience that story. Yeah, it looks awesome. And um, But no clickers. I was disappointed. There are no clickers. No, I, they're in there, obviously. But yeah, we, we saw um, Ellie going up against a religious cult, which uh, didn't look much fun for her. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, um, Ellie's there. We didn't see Joel either, as well as clickers. So Mentioned, mm, but not, yeah. Mentioned, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was uh, Last of Us Part 2. I cannot wait. Unfortunately, they didn't offer a release date, and being quizzed over the last few days, they are not saying a release date. So I don't think that's this year at all. I think it's probably like May next year when they Naughty Dog like to put games out in May. So I think I don't think it's ready yet. But I mean, what what they did show, my God, it looked good. So uh, what else did they show? Um, they, next up, Sony showed a game called Ghost of Tsushima, which is a 
It's from Sucker Punch, who made um, Sly Cooper. And it is a Japanese samurai game with a really interesting art style. I can't even explain what that art style is. Yeah. It's like a painting almost when he's, when he's going through the fields on the horse. And all the, it's got a very specific look to it, like an old painting or a, or a scroll on a wall or something. But um, I like the look of that too. That was just, I've never heard of that game. It was like a brand new thing for me. And I was like, wow, that is cool. What else did they show? They showed Spider-Man. What did you think of Spider-Man? Boring. Did you think that was boring? I, I thought think Spider-Man's cool. always boring. I just don't see the appeal. I don't like the jokey jokiness. I'm not a comic book fan. And so the cheekiness and well, like, you like bringing movies. back. I do. But not like I could actually have a life without them. So I'd be fine. I don't look forward to the next one necessarily. They're fine for what they are. They're just plain old, you know, big power entertainments. And sometimes they have a nice, like a human, what we're doing to how we are socially or, you know, um, in our cultures, they do point out some of those things, but not in a big way, not like life changing or anything. And this same, I just think, how could you play that one liner bullshit for like 10 hours? Really boring. Oh, so I will go on record as saying I like Spider-Man. It's really cool. <laughs> and um, I like what they're doing with that Spider-Man. Uh, they also show, showed a trailer for Resident Evil 2, the remake, which looked cool because Resident Evil 2 is very old now and uh, they've modernized it. It isn't a remaster. It's an actual full remake, like modern first person, third person. And did you know this was going to happen? I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. They also showed a game called Control, which is from the people who made Alan Wake and Quantum Break. And it looked, even though it isn't the sequel to Quantum Break, it looked like the same kind of gameplay as that. Uh, they didn't show much. They just showed like a kind of like Inception where the world all kind of folds up and stuff and some people shooting in it. Yeah. Uh, and then they showed, oh, this is probably the highlights of the Sony conference apart from Last of Us. Uh, Death Stranding. What did you think of Death Stranding? Looked interesting. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Daryl, but it looks interesting. It's by uh, Kojima, who made Metal Gear Solid. It um, looks like, whoa. What sta- the hell? It started with a baby's ass looking at you, and then a baby's face, and then going down the pipe. It's very weird. <laughs> There's a baby. It's attached to Daryl from The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't explain it if I tried. It's very weird. Yeah, it's weird. But... I instantly want that game because I love that kind of weird. I don't really need to know what's happening. It's like David Lynch. I just want some weird. I like weird. So that was Sony's conference. Next up was Ubisoft. They started off with Beyond Good and Evil 2. It was just a CG trailer again. That game looks amazing, but all I've seen is CG trailers, so I reserve judgment until they actually come up with some gameplay. Then they showed Trials Rising, which is the motorcycle game where you do stunts. I love the trial series, so that is an interesting thing. It's coming out in February next year. They showed The Division 2, which is the sequel to The Division, which is like Ubisoft's version of Destiny. It's a looter shooter, as they call it. Division 2 looked like more of the same. I, I think it looked the same to me. I couldn't really see much difference, but it looks cool. Then they showed a pirate game called Skull and Bones, which is an online pirate game. And they've made this using the pirate system from Assassin's Creed, which is really cool. So 
we're looking at Skull and Bones. That that didn't have a release date. And then Elijah Wood came on the stage and he said they've been making a game called Transference, which will be playable inside VR or on traditional platforms. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> and uh, it's a game where you go inside somebody else's body and live their life. And you can flit around between different people. And it's it doesn't look like it's a game. It looks like it's full motion video. So it's like a movie. Choose your own movie. You're moving in and out of these people, experiencing... I don't... Well, Transference kind of gives you an idea of what it is. And finally, Ubisoft announced Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is the new Assassin's Creed game takes place in ancient Greece. Looks like another Assassin's Creed game, but I'm a big fan of them. And I'm playing... I've been playing the um, Assassin's Creed uh, Origins recently, the, the Egyptian one. So this one, Ancient Greece, and you're one of the Spartans. So, cool. Then next up came Bethesda. They showed a sequel to Doom called Doom Eternal. You know, fast-paced Doom, shoot demons, go to hell. (laughs) Always awesome. They showed Fallout 76 again. It had already been shown in the Microsoft conference. And then they ended with they're making a new game that's set in space. It's going to be an RPG. And finally they said, here's the game that you all want. Elder Scrolls 6, which is Morrowind, Skyrim, the next version of that and that comes out god knows when it seemed like three years away i don't even know why they even bothered to say it was coming out but hey they did and then finally nintendo which was the worst press conference of the whole thing i couldn't believe how bad it was yeah you didn't even tell me about this one it was bad for 30 minutes they showed you smash brothers which is a fighting game where all nintendo's characters fight nintendo characters they went into so much depth on this game they could have just shown you five minutes of footage and it would have been fine, but they literally like went in-depth. They're like, We Fit Trainer is one of the characters. This was We Fit Trainer from the last version, and here she is in the new version. And they were stood next to each other, and I could barely see a difference. They were trying to show you the difference between the characters. And then they showed Fortnite, which is a very popular game. It's available now on Switch. And then they showed Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which is an RPG They're bringing out a Pokemon game, which is probably enough to fund them for the entire year. (laughs) There's Pokemon games coming on the Switch. You get an actual Pokeball, the thing that you collect the Pokemons in. You put it on your Switch, and it communicates with the Switch, and you catch them in it. It looked like a thing kids will love. And uh, Super Mario Party was the final thing they showed, which is a, um, a board game with Super Mario in it. And you put your Switches down on the table... And it looked like you had to have four switches, so I don't know how likely that is going to happen. And that was the whole press conference. They didn't turn up at E3. They showed a video, and it was about 30, 40 minutes long. And that was it. They concentrated on Smash Brothers for so long. I didn't know it was that, you know, popular. So that's E3 for this year. When people grade E3, I don't grade E3. I thought it was a cool E3. I wouldn't give it a grade. Mm -hmm. Um... They didn't mention any new hardware this year, which I kind of like, because people were saying, oh, maybe the PlayStation 5. I don't think it's time for new hardware. We need games, really. And there were enough cool games announced. The only issue I have with the whole E3 this year was they didn't give us any dates for anything. Like, most things, when you ask the developers and you see people interview them, they say, yeah, it'll be in 2019. So it all seemed to be like, oh, it's all in 2019. What is coming out this fall? Very little. Spider-Man, 
and Forza actually are coming out this year. The rest of it that you saw is not this year. And that is very weird because E3, they normally at least show stuff that's coming. I thought The Last of Us was this year. It doesn't seem like it is because they've been showing Last of Us 2 at E3 for three years now, which seems a bit ridiculous. Like uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, which is the, probably the biggest game of this fall, wasn't even at E3. They didn't show a, an inch of footage. Nobody showed it. So there's that also. So that is E3 for another year. Interesting and, <laughs> you know, a lot of stuff to take in. So Sito, what's for dinner? It's going to determine, be determined whether or not I get my car back and what kind of mood I'm in. Getting ready to go get the car. They've been looking at it. And so it's either going to be takeaway or I'm going to cook something. I don't know yet. All right. What um, do you want? Cook something. Oh, okay. Okay. Now I'm thinking. <laughs> and what is uh, your advice? I don't, I'm, I'm blanking this, this week. I'm blanking. Um, let's go with the, uh, don't get discouraged. Nice. <laughs> like no matter what, terrible shit can happen in life. And then the next day and the next day happens. If you're, if you haven't, if you're not done, if you're not dead, you're going to keep going and terrible things can happen. Just don't give up on life. All right. Thanks. <laughs> That's the best I can do right now. All right. So you can check out our website, say schooly.com, sitso.com. Catch us on Twitter and Facebook. Catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Google Play Store. You can ask your Amazon device, listen to the After the Show Movie podcast on TuneIn. They will play you the latest, devi- latest uh, episode, not device. You can catch us also on YouTube. You can email me at ascoli at ascoli.com. Don't email SidTop. And stay classy. Pacific Rim. We're definitely going to see another one of these. Sure. That ending pretty clearly is marking it up for another one. So, Pacific Rim, if you want to win a copy, also, ascoli.com. <laughs> and I'm going to say think for yourself, or someone will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>